Welcome to The Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and it is Thursday, February 8th. We are recording this before the House goes back into session to discuss House Bill 7055, that giant omnibus bill that has now been tied to the budget. We feel comfortable in doing that because the conversation has been pretty much what's been promised, and there hasn't been much deviation. Here today again is Emily Mahoney, our Tallahassee Bureau reporter, And we're going to talk about what's been happening since we last met when the Democrats promised to fight and the Republicans promised to soldier on. So, Emily, glad to have you back. Last week was very crazy. And this week, we're starting off where we left off, right? I mean, the the Democrats promised to fight and the Republicans promised to fight back. What are you seeing out there? Right. Well, thanks so much for having me back. Um, yeah, I mean, today we actually just got word that um, the Democrats in the House just got out of their caucus meeting and they have promised to put up an even bigger fight today. Uh, yesterday was is pretty much only reserved for questions on the, the second reading of the bill on the House floor. But today is when the actual, quote unquote, debate really will take place. And the Democrats in their caucus meeting today said that they want to make the Republicans stay late tonight. Uh, I don't know how late that will be, but uh, 7055 is sure to take up a lot of debate time. And um, usually uh, lawmakers will go home to their to their home districts on Thursday evenings because not a lot goes on uh, at the Capitol on Fridays. So there might be some missed flights tonight for some of those Republican lawmakers. And I think that's kind of the goal for the Democrats. But what really is the point of doing this when the Democrats don't have a vote that can override the Republicans who seem intent on passing this bill and the budget that goes along with it. Right. Well, I mean, this is all about politics and it's all about strategy. Uh, the Democrats only have so much power, especially in the House. They just totally got bulldozed over yesterday. Um, they had 37 amendments proposed on 7055 and not a single one passed, even ones as pithy as just adding in the word scholarship before the word program to clarify something in the bill that didn't even pass. So they could not get a single victory yesterday. And so I think today, um, I, I wasn't in the Democratic caucus meeting. I've just, I've just kind of heard about what was said, but I, I think that they're figuring the Republicans are playing hardball. They won't let us get a single notch. So they might as well wield the small power that they do have and, and make them really face the music on all these provisions, these many, many provisions that are in 7055. After watching what happened in the House, I kind of was wondering, you know, if what the Democrats is doing being petty really even matters. And if we shouldn't really be looking at the Senate where I was joking the other day, as I heard Rob Bradley make a statement to you and others that, you know, I thought I heard the sound of something like a spine growing in the Senate. What's going on over there? And what what exactly did Senator Bradley say to you guys? Right. Well, and that really was the more surprising aspect that came out of yesterday. I mean, we all knew that the Democrats don't really have enough power to stop this this big bill and it has so much momentum. But 
On the Senate side,、uh, which was more surprising, was that there was a Republican,、uh, Senator Rob Bradley, who chairs the Appropriations Committee in the Senate. So he essentially controls the purse strings there, and he straight up told a group of reporters yesterday that he, the Senate, does not like what the House is doing, and that they don't agree with with tying the budget in with seventy fifty five like this, and they don't, and furthermore, that they don't agree with. Kind of log rolling all of these topics together in one big bill. He said it precludes transparency because the public doesn't have a chance to talk to to speak to each aspect individually in a committee like they would if it were separated into a bunch of different bills, and that it really、uh, raises the stakes to not the merits of what's actually in seventy fifty five, but instead. Are the legislators going to be able to go home on time? Is what he said, basically saying that they could have a special session again over this. And it's really early to be having conversations like this, talking about special sessions. But、uh, there's still a lot more to come, and I think a lot of this is political posturing. The Senate is saying we won't stand for this, and the House is saying. It's take it or leave it, and I think a lot of it will be solved in the conference process、um, when they have a chance to kind of trade tit for tat different legislative goals.、Um, and I think this is just kind of setting up for that. And a lot of the conference is done, of course, behind closed doors and quietly among chairmen, and so that transparency that the Senate is talking about wouldn't necessarily come to pass in the same way as if they had discussed all of these bills. Publicly, one by one, which is what they tried, what some people wanted last year with seventy sixty nine, and are now pushing for this year.、Mm-hmm. And and those bills are many, and they're out there. I listened today to the Senate version of the Hope Scholarships, where it's called Senate Bill eleven seventy two, which isn't getting as much attention as the House version one, and、mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, got less money. It's got a little more、um, control over who gets. The scholarships and and it went through, but there was a lot of discussion about it, and it's not the same as the House bill. The same is true for the portion that deals with、uh, accountability of the private schools that receive the tax credit scholarships. The House version doesn't include some of the language on teacher credentials that the Senate version is trying to work through. So there's a lot of discussion that could really take place on each individual item if they're willing to do so. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely, and that's one thing the House has pointed to is that seventy fifty five is in in many ways a package of smaller bills that are still going through session or still going through committee rather and are being heard and having the process, but it's not totally clear.、Um, From my perspective, and from I think a lot of reporters and act- activists that are up here attending a lot of these committees, just how much of seventy fifty five really does come from previously heard bills, and there are a lot of little details in there.、Um, there's the the Medal of Honor Day, for example, that. Kind of came out of left field, and I'm not totally sure I I have heard before, and so I mean it's hard to tell. There's so many things going on,、um, but there are definitely a lot of people up here, including Republicans, who are saying that log rolling all these topics together just just isn't the most transparent way to go. What's astounding to me more than anything else is that year after year they say things like we're not going to have education dominate the conversation. There's always something else that is super important, whether it be healthcare or some other thing. And yet, year after year, we have a major education bill that basically grinds everything to a halt as everybody starts to fight over things like this. Are you seeing that that 
that this is just sucking the air out of the room? I mean, we used that phrase last time too, but is it really just becoming the be all and end all of what's happening in Tallahassee in the Capitol? I think it is. It really, it really does seem like that. Um, yesterday during the House floor session, um, most of the time that was spent on questions and amendments um, was spent on 7055 and the related education budget. Um, I mentioned that the Democrats had proposed 37 amendments yesterday. Not a single one passed, not even some of the really tiny ones. So it really is it, it starting starting more and more, I think, every day, starting to take up more and more of the energy up here. And I think a lot of it has to do with what um, some are calling the precedent that this set. And the, the precedent of tying public funds to the passage of a really significant policy bill that that really centers around school choice. And so I think I think part of it is because it deals with education and education does involve, you know, at least a third of the state's budget every year. And there's a lot of money and there's a lot of passion around education. But I think a lot of it this year also has to do with the process, similar to last year with 7069. And it's not just about education anymore. It's about how the legislature does their job and how the different chambers are choosing to go about kind of ramming things down the other's throat. And um, a lot of people are concerned about the way that the House is going about things this year, just in case if it does work, maybe this is the only way that things will get passed from here on out. Well, I've seen the Senate kill things before. And so I guess we're just going to have to keep watching this one because the Senate used to be the place where things go to die. Last year, it seemed to be the place where things went to roll over. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen this year. And um, and I guess you don't either because we still have to wait and, and watch. But the discussion about process still is kind of is, is fascinating. But it, I, I still want to hear more discussion about the content, too. And some of that is getting lost, unfortunately. Definitely. I mean, there's so much, as you know, within 7055 that – Every time I, I hear debate on it, I, I notice something new, even if it's just a small detail. But um, there is a lot of policy to pick apart here. So definitely looking forward to hearing the debate uh, that's going to start in about 15 minutes here. And um, I'm sure, it, like I said, it'll probably be a long night up here at the Capitol. Yeah, and we don't feel bad about not about talking about this before all that debate happens because I don't imagine that there's going to be much said that hasn't been said except for maybe a couple of new details along the way. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say that's about right? Oh, definitely. I mean, the one of the big uh, controversial parts of 7055 is the bullying bill, um, HB1, like you you mentioned, and really we've we've heard that one seen in a lot of different committees and there's been press conferences on it. So I think in general, most of the talking points have been outlined already. Um, and there's only so much the Democrats can do. Well, Emily, I will let you go and I hope you have fun up there and I'll be watching with all of our listeners on online because I don't get to go to Tallahassee too much. So keep <laughs> us informed and um, we'll talk again soon. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much, Jeff. Take care. As Emily mentioned, you know, House Bill 1 is one of the big issues and, and a lot of the talking points have been out there for a long time. I pulled together a little sound of one of the underlying items that's been brought forth during all of the debate and discussion, a little bit of, of activists, lawmakers, and, and others talking about, you know, what are we really after here? Is this a voucher thing? And is this about spending money? Is it about choice? And if it is about choice, how much choice can the state actually 
afford while still providing quality education for everyone. Because if everyone gets their $7,000 or so per student and spends it the way they want, the question becomes, can anybody get something valuable? Can the public schools continue to operate the way they do? Can parents really afford the private schooling that they might want? If everybody chooses based on what they want individually, is the public good served anymore? I just brought together a couple of voices. You'll first hear from Alex Snitger from the Liberty First Council, then a couple of lawmakers, Elizabeth Porter and Jennifer Sullivan, and then from Nicole Washington on the Constitution Revision Commission, who also sits on the Florida A&M Board of Trustees. I want to make sure to note, though, that Nicole Washington was not speaking about Hope Scholarships in particular, but about school choice in general during a conversation at the CRC. Please take a listen to that, and I'll leave it with them talking and let you decide what you think about their words, and and maybe you can share with us in some other forums, maybe even on our Facebook page, what you think about the issues that they are discussing. The core, the core of the issue is we don't have choices, is that we're forced to do things, and that we have to come up here and lobby you in order to get better choices in our local area, when in all reality, the best choice you could do is to say, here's how much money we're spending on education, here's how much money we're going per student, so you have this much money, pick your school. You'll have education will be fixed in no time. The public schools do not own our children and they do not have an uncontested right to the money paid out for the education of those children. Parents know what is best for their own children. The funding needs to be, because we've heard it needs to be with the public schools, I say the funding needs to be wherever the child is, not where the union is. But at the end of the day, my loyalty lies with my constituents, with parents and with students, and ensuring that students can get the best education, whether that be in the public school, which is the best choice for most of our students, or whether that be the opportunity to be in private or Florida virtual or homeschool, whatever it may be. But I'm here for the student. I'm not here to talk about how this is going to affect admin or different things like that. I'm here for our students. Again, I believe that parents should have a choice, but I think that it is our fiduciary our responsibility as policymakers to make sure that those choices are good choices. I always say choosing between two bad options is not choice. Um, so it, I, again, and, and it also harkens back to we only have one pot of funds, right? So open the floodgates and we also have to think about where the dollars go and making sure that while we are carving out or providing opportunities for students that we're not taking away opportunities for other students. There's only one pot of dollars, and we have to make sure that we have a high-quality education provided for all of the students. Again, that was Alex Snitger, Elizabeth Porter, Jennifer Sullivan, and Nicole Washington all discussing school choice and how it's playing out in Florida and how it should play out in Florida. That's the end of our podcast. If you'd like to participate in that conversation or any others, please visit our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook. And please continue to follow all the breaking news on Florida education on our blog, tampabay.com slash blogs slash gradebook. Before you go, I'd like to remind you one more time that we are now on iTunes, and if you could give us a positive rating if you like what you hear, that will help other people to find it and enjoy it as well. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek. Thanks again for listening. 